Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service, Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. All right. Hey, welcome to, uh, to our time together. I'm really excited about what we got on in store today. And uh, so be sure to let me know. I do see your comments and uh, be sure to share this as well so we can get as many people in on this because we all need some hope. And we all need some truth, and so uh, excited about today. We're kind of in a in a uh, in between period as we're getting uh, wrapping up the year, looking forward to a new year. And I am uh, so I'm kind of just focusing in on Christmas for a couple of weeks here because that's you know that's where we're at and it's on our minds. But uh, but it's more than just Christmas. It's it's how this impacts our lives in practical ways and and what God is doing in our life at the end of. 2022 here, and uh, so so as we get God's word into our lives, we're going to get it out of our lives into the world around us, just like we always do. We had a crazy thing happen on Sunday during the first service. It's the ser- service that we usually stream, and that is uh, that in the middle of the message, we had the the fire alarms uh, went off, and uh, you know there was no fire, uh, but uh, it was one of those things that just sort of happened and. And I was reading about the fact, you know, when it happened, everybody just sort of sat, which was fine. You don't want to panic, right? We want to wait for some instructions and figure out how to exit in an orderly way. That's all I was thinking was, oh, we're going to have to evacuate. Well, so there's been some research done on this, and it shows that people don't usually respond when a fire alarm goes off. Um, we wait around, and uh, and so in 1985, uh, if 56 people were in a soccer match in England and they didn't leave, they didn't go toward the exits and uh, they didn't make it out. Also, um, the another time after a fire in uh, Beverly Hills Club in Kentucky, uh, they people went and stood in line to go pay for their food before they left. And so, why why do we respond this way? Um, when we respond, sometimes we'll follow our old habits instead of doing the new thing. We go out the way that we came in, or we usually come in or go out, even though it may lead us into danger. And, um, you know, we have trouble uh, because we resist change. We uh, don't want to commit to change, even when it is in our best interests, even when uh, it would it would save us. We don't want to change because it's more frightening than just simply ignoring the danger that we're in. And uh, so this happens in our lives. Uh, we know we really need to change, but many times we're frozen in fear 
or else we're sort of apathetic and complacent and the alarm is going off around us and we don't want to make a move. And if you're going to grow spiritually, it requires uh, it requires you, it requires me to make a change. That's what repentance means. It means to do a U-turn and go the other direction. And right now we are in this season. We're in this season of winter. Now today is a pretty warm day for us here in Central Texas. It's uh, it's in the 70s today, but um, but we see the 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 leaves are changing, the weather's changing, and yet Christmas is in the middle of the season of winter, and it reminds us of hope. It reminds us that there's new life and that change is on the way. God wants to do something new and fresh in your life today. <clears throat> in Isaiah forty three nineteen, God tells us this. He says, "For I am about to do something." new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And God wants you to know today that you can have a fresh start in your life. In fact, he's saying, I've already started something new in your life. You are uh, listening to this today because I want you to see it. I want you to know it and experience it for yourself. God is always up to new things, fresh things. And when he sent Jesus into the world, that was a, at Christmas, that was a very new thing that God did. So I want us to look today, if you have your Bible, uh, get out your Bible if you can, turn to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31, and we're going to look at how to have a fresh start in our lives today. And it starts in our life when we refuse to hold on to the past. Okay, so Ephesians 4.31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Those words, if you're taking notes or you're, you're writing in your Bible, you can actually write in your Bible. It's yours. Write in it. Um, take some notes and, and underline those words, get rid. Just, uh, that means throw it out. Don't hold on to it. All of that old bitterness, resentment, hurt, anger, and all that old garbage. Because if you keep it piled up in your life, it's going to start to stink. You know, you expected someone else to do something to meet your needs, somebody who's not God. And when they didn't, you blamed them. And, and you're pointing the finger and saying, this is your fault. You make me so mad. You made me do this. It's your fault that I feel so bad. And guess what? They're going on with their life. They don't even care. You're mad. You're holding on. They're glad because they already know they're not able to meet all of your needs. They're not God. And so you're only hurting yourself. And even if they wanted to change it, you can't go back and change the past. The past is the past. It's already done. There's no way to change what's already happened. It's water under the bridge. And here's the other thing. They didn't make you mad. You let them. You gave them the power to affect your emotions and your the way you're living your life and your attitude. You choose that. Listen, all of us, we've all been hurt by people because we're all people and we all fall short. But if you keep letting what happened in the past hurt you today, that's just foolish. So Paul says, let it go. Let it go. Get rid of it. The only way your past can hurt you today is if you let it. Maybe 
as you look at your life today, you can see all those attitudes and actions like bitterness and anger and angry outbursts, saying the wrong things, destructive gossip. You see all that. You know, gossip is um, is bad. Um, we know that it, it, it the tongue is like a fire that destroys, and we know. Um, people, you know, gossip is one of those things that people that are not Christians gossip, but if you're in the church, you don't gossip. You've learned a new way to gossip. Some of us, we do it in the form of prayer requests. Hey, can you just pray for Leonardo? His marriage is falling apart. Oh yeah, because, you know, he's neglecting his wife and we, uh, we will offer things up as prayer requests that are really just gossip. And you sound so spiritual, but in the end, you're just tearing people down. Gossip is any talk where you're talking about something and you're not part of the solution. And, you know, I used to think like in a bigger church, like the Connection Church, gossip wouldn't have that much power to poison. But let me tell you, it does. It does. It is destructive on a bigger scale. Okay, so don't do it. And this verse also says, uh, avoid all types, get rid of all types of evil behavior. What is evil behavior? Well, it's that little word, sin. Sin is anything that you've done that is wrong in your life or anything you'll ever do uh, that that goes against God's purpose and God's plan. And God can't just skim over sin. He can't wink at it. He can't just nod and overlook it and pretend it's not there. Sin has to be paid for. There's a price for sin. And Jesus became the payment for your sin and for my sin when he gave his life on the cross. Jesus took all of the guilt and the the hurt, the pain, all of that on his shoulders as he died on the cross for your sins and for mine. And once it's paid for, now it's paid in full, you can leave it in the past. You don't have to drag it around anymore. But a lot of us, we like to carry around the weight of that guilt and shame. I don't know that we like it. We just, we do it. And maybe this year, this past, you know, 12 months, there are some things that you've done that have happened in your life that are holding you back from the future. We're about to approach a new year. Don't carry all of that stuff from the past into the new year and don't let it follow you into the future. Get rid of the garbage today. Today is trash day. Take out the trash by giving it to Jesus. You know, when you're driving uh, along the road, you've got uh, the big window in front of you, the, the, the window in front of you that, that, that looks, looks out the windshield, right? And you've got the small rearview mirror. And the reason... Uh, that is, is because the main thing you need to see is where you're headed, what's ahead of you. Yeah, you can glance and you can remember what happened in the past, but it should be, the past should be getting farther and farther away from you as you move forward into the future that God has for you. And if you keep staring into that little rearview mirror as you're driving, what's going to happen? You're going to drive off the road. You're going to wreck. Well, God wants you to move forward into that good future that he has planned for your life. And then the second thing that we're going to do to get a fresh start is we're going to think about others before ourselves. Okay. Think about others before 
yourself. I was reading some of the crazy things that happened one year uh, around the world uh, <laughs> instead of goodwill uh, on earth. It was uh, it was bad will toward men in in California in San Rafael. Uh, two men exchanged gifts and were offended by what the other gave. In the resulting fight, each man hit the other over the head with a flower pot, and they both went to the hospital. Another place, uh, 20-year-old Brandy Nicole Nason was, was not happy with the gift that she got, and when her former mother-in-law's house burned, Nason was accused of throwing the Molotov cocktail that started the blaze that cost $200,000 in repairs. Um, most people don't know what to do with their tree after Christmas is over, but a woman in Victoria, British Columbia, Columbia she uh, had an idea. She was arrested for beating a man with her Christmas tree. And the reason she did it was because he kind of complained that the load of gifts in his arms was heavier than the tree she was carrying. So she beat him over the head with it. I got one more. Uh, in Jensen Beach, Florida, in apartment complex, they had a Christmas lights competition, and Donna Simmons Groover was a winner for a moment. One of her neighbors was so upset about losing the contest, she ripped down uh, part of Donna's winning display. Now, these are all, you know... I, just examples of the opposite of what verse 32 is telling us to do. Um, and that is, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted. That literally means show compassion. Compassion means to put yourself in someone else's shoes, to consider their needs, to <clears throat> just be aware sometimes. It's being aware of people trying to see the world through their eyes, what they're going through, you know, we think about Christmas joy. At Christmas, we sing joy to the world. Well, uh, the way I remember what is joy, it's J-O-Y, which is Jesus first, then others, then yourself. I like to say it like this, Jesus first, yourself last, others in between. Um, so so, um, so I was reading, this is pretty interesting, um, on an ordinary winter's day way back in 1961, an MIT meteorologist named Edward Lorenz ran some routine experiments and found some unusual results. Uh, Lorenz discovered that seemingly tiny, insignificant changes in his data could produce huge results and huge differences. And at first, uh, they, they were studying in the field of chaos theory. They called this the sensitive dependence on initial data. But later they came up with a, a more simple term that we know today called the butterfly effect. In 1972, they presented a uh, paper called Predictability. Does the flap of a butter butterfly's wings in Brazil uh, set off a tornado in Texas? And according to this theory, the butterfly's wing flapping doesn't cause a tornado, but it starts a chain reaction that eventually can lead to giant changes in worldwide weather patterns. In other words, even tiny insignificant movements or actions can produce huge changes that will affect millions of people. Well, the Bible describes a similar kind of butterfly effect in our spiritual life. 
According to Jesus, the spiritual butterfly effect happens when we do small things, little acts of kindness, making a meal, visiting the sick, uh, being a friend to someone who's lonely, opening our homes to uh, a guest or praying for a friend, praying for um, you know someone that you may think, well, that's just a, an insignificant person, you know, or you may feel like an insignificant person. But it makes a huge difference in God's eyes, but it also makes a huge difference in the world because it, it, it just it, it, it is a the start of something that is passed on and it creates all kinds of changes that you could never measure. According to Jesus, there's uh, the reverse of the butterfly effect. If you uh, don't show those little acts of kindness, if you're regularly unkind, that is a loss on in our world and, and spiritually, okay? So we want to just find ways to be kind, to uh, be compassionate, and there's so many ways we can do that at the Christmas season. But then third, we need to choose to forgive. Choosing to forgive the people who have hurt us may be one of the hardest things that you ever have to do. Ephesians 4.32 goes on, and just this little phrase, forgiving one another, okay? We've got to have large doses of forgiveness when we've been hurt. Sometimes it seems like it takes everything for us to forgive. But when you really love someone, you know, there's nothing to forgive. You know you've got to forgive them. Um, so uh, I was reading uh, about uh, a family who, whose Christmas tree, uh, the presents under their Christmas tree were stolen. If you can imagine that happening. And they, they said, at first I thought that it was a joke, but I could see that, that it was real, that, that all these Christmas gifts were gone, and the kids were angry. And then the 11-year-old son uh, realized that his brand new Nike sneakers had been stolen. He ran out of the house in tears. And um, you, you wonder, how do you forgive in a situation like that? And someone said, forgiveness is not just an occasional act. It's a permanent attitude. But he asked his son, um, Jonathan, later that day, he said, how should we as Christians respond to the person who, uh, try, who stole our, our Christmas? And the son said, yeah, I know, Dad. Even though he doesn't deserve it, we're supposed to give him grace, okay? And you, you don't feel it. You don't feel like giving grace in that moment, but we know that, uh, that it's necessary, that, that it's, it's, it's what God has called us to do, because you'll never have to forgive anyone else more than you've already been forgiven by God. I mean, if God could forgive me for the things that I've done, the way I've rebelled against him throughout my life, that I've got to forgive those around me. Um, and if we could just create a counterculture of grace, then maybe our hearts, the way we feel, could actually line up with the words we say when we say, I forgive. And when people see it, when our world sees it, they begin to take notice and they know that Jesus is real and that he's made a real difference in us and he can make a real difference in them too, in our world too. You know, none of us are perfect, and we admit that. If you're a perfect person and you've got it all together, 
well, congratulations, you know, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, for us, for us, listen, we know that, that we all fall short for so many of us. We've got a few screws loose. We got a few eggs short of a full omelet. Uh, maybe you'd say my elevator doesn't go all the way to the top. I've got some bad habits, that shady little thing that I, I hope nobody finds out about and you're trying so desperately to get rid of it and you've got some areas in your life where you just don't have it all together, then, then the church is the place you need to be because the church is a place for people who have blown it and want to change, who want to grow, who want to make a difference and who admit that we don't have it all together, okay? But what that means practically is it means that we've got to be willing to forgive one another and not run away from each other and not reject each other. And that goes in our church, that goes in our, for our friends and our family. When you choose to hold on to unforgiveness, you think you're hurting someone else. But if you want a fresh start, it means that you start today by offering forgiveness and moving forward. I'm not saying that you forget as if it never happened. It means choosing to no longer hold what they did over their head and use it as ammunition against them. Okay, so who do you need to go to? Who do you need to contact today and talk to today and give forgiveness? You might say, well, they're not even asking to be forgiven. Well, forgive them. Forgive them anyway. Forgiveness isn't really about them. It's about freeing yourself from the chains of unforgiveness so you can move forward. And then finally, if you want a fresh start, lose your guilt and your shame, okay? If you want to know why should I forgive, well, Ephesians 4.32 goes on to say, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And uh, I know that Jesus has forgiven me much more than I'll ever have to forgive anyone else. If I'm a Christian, I've been forgiven for everything that I've ever done in my past, the things that I do today, the things that I'll do in my future. And so forgiven people are going to freely forgive others. So Matthew one twenty one, back to Christmas, says, And she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You know, the true essence of Christmas is that you matter so much to God that Jesus left the riches of his home in heaven. He was born in a literal barn. He was laid in a manger, which is an ordinary piece of farm furniture made from a tree. He lived a perfect life. He died a sacrificial death on the cross for your sins and for mine. And right before Christ breathed his last breath on the cross, he said these three words. He said, it is finished. That means the work has been done and the price has been paid. And the Bible says three days later, he rose from the grave, and today he offers us eternal life by what his son did for us on the cross, by what Jesus did for us on the cross. One of my favorite Christmas songs, it's a very uh, obscure one probably, you may not know, um, but I want to read the words to you because it describes this, this uh, contrast between the cold, lifeless uh, time of winter and the new life that Jesus offers. It says, In the bleak midwinter, frosty wind made moan. Earth stood hard as iron, water like a stone. Um, snow had fallen, snow on snow. 
snow on snow in the bleak midwinter long, long ago. Angels and archangels may have traveled far. Cherubim and seraphim thronged the air. But only his mother in her maiden bliss worshipped the beloved with a kiss. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would give a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. But what I can, I give him. I give him my heart. I give him my heart. Will you give Jesus your heart today? He can give you a fresh start. Just give him your heart. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for those who are listening today and God, for the the new life that comes in Jesus. God, thank you that you're doing new things and you want to do something new in our life today and this year. God, help us. Give us the power and the strength to forgive and the grace and mercy to forgive. And thank you for all the ways you've forgiven us. You've forgiven me for my sin. God, help me to pass that on to others and love others and see them as you see them, God. And uh, use us today and this week to make a difference for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a great time and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast.